0: A shiny red two-door Dodge shadow turned into our driveway. I was a newly minted driver's ed student at 15 and a half. The classes were all over. I learned the difference between a yield sign and stop sign. I learned if two vehicles approach a four-way stop at the same time, the vehicle on the right goes first. With my newfound knowledge, I was ready to drive. My driver's ed instructor was kind and a little nervous. This 15-year-old who had driven a lawnmower for the last three years was about to drive a 2,600-pound car around other 2,600-pound cars, and he would be strapped in the passenger seat beside me. When the tires touched the pavement, my heart pounded like a hammer on a tin roof. We lived on a state route, so as soon as I turned out of the driveway, it was speed up or get run over. Baptism by a 55-mile-per-hour fire. My instructor instructed me, Stop here, go here, turn a little sooner, turn your signal on a little later. A few lessons into the class, driving was getting easier for me. As I was cruising along, he explained the difference between tunnel vision and funnel vision. Uh, Tunnel vision is when you only see what is right in front of you. And about that time, I interrupted because I was a Bible quizzer, took my hands away from 10 and 2 for a second and said, oh yeah, and funnel vision is when you see all around. You would have thought I was heading head-on toward a fire truck. He was a laid-back, soft-spoken, calm man, but he came unglued. He wasn't afraid to use that panic pedal on his side. Did you just take your hands off the wheel? Tell me you didn't just take your hands off Don't ever, ever take your hands off the wheel. Turn around. We're going home. That lesson was over. Short-lived lesson learned. My hardest lesson was learning how to brake. I didn't exactly ease on the brake when we approached an intersection. I slammed on the brake, which sent us catapulting into the polyester arms of the seatbelt. And that's about the same sinking feeling I get when we come to Acts chapter 5. Hey, good day to you, Simplify listeners. You're listening to L.J. Harry, and you're listening to The Truth, The Whole Truth, and Nothing But The Truth on Simplify. We're cruising along through Acts 2, and 3,000 people have just been born again. They repented of their sins, were water baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, and they received the Holy Spirit with the initial sign of speaking in other tongues. Then we come to Acts 3. Peter and John prayed. God healed a man who was lame from birth. He had never walked or jumped rope a day in his life. But after Peter prayed and Jesus healed, our formerly lame friend went leaping and praising God in the temple. Before that day, he wasn't allowed to enter the temple because he was a cripple. But after he met Jesus, he ran into church. Q. Acts 4. After the crowd witnessed this wonder, many of them believed in birthday 5,000 soul revival. The religious leaders were irate. How dare them? I always love using that accent whenever I have to say how dare. How dare these upstart disciples pray or preach in the name of Jesus? And Peter cleared his throat and lifted his voice. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none of the name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. And we're still cruising through Acts 4, and the disciples are picking up speed. The church was bursting in its newly sewn seams. They were setting out chairs every service. At the end of the chapter, they didn't care who owned what or had what. They brought all their stuff to the apostles and laid it all at their feet. And Barnabas was so moved by their generosity and their giving He took the cash out of his pocket from the land he sold and gave it to the apostles. And that's when Ananias saw Barnabas' giving and probably heard some of the, Oh, thank you, and God bless you. And Ananias thought, Boy, I sure would like that. I've got a parcel I can part with. I can sell it and give the money and maybe get a plaque for the wall. So he sold his stuff and brought the cash to the apostle Peter. The church was cruising along with the top down and the tunes up until Ananias gave the cash to Peter, and God slammed on the brakes, and we are in Acts chapter 5. Ananias claimed this was all the money he made on the land he sold. His partner in life and in crime, his wife Sapphira, she was in on this little scheme, but they both knew they still had a stash of cash under the mattress back home, and Peter knew it too Because God let him know Ananias was lying. Peter looked Ananias in the eye and asked him, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Now, the issue wasn't the money. He didn't have to sell his stuff. The issue wasn't the price. He didn't have to sell his stuff for so much. The issue wasn't even the offering. He didn't have to give the profits to the church. God wasn't upset because Ananias wasn't generous. God was upset because he wasn't honest. And Peter told him, you're not lying to me, bub. You're lying to God. In an instant, Ananias fell to the floor in a heap and died. Now, that's one sure way to stop revival. When someone dies at church because they lied, that's not something you post on social. Hey, someone died at church on last Sunday because they lied how much they gave in the offering. See you Sunday. That's not how to grow a church. I mean, come on, Jesus, lighten up. Surely a little dishonesty never hurt anybody, right? Right? But God slammed on the brakes on this breakout revival because he's more interested in having a holy church than a huge church. We can't be holy until we're honest. That's why he gave us the ninth commandment, Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor, Exodus 20, verse 16. The young men around Simon Peter didn't know what to do. This was not one of the courses they studied in their brand new New Testament church planting principles class. So they hoisted Ananias up, carried him out, and buried him. About three hours later, Sapphira hasn't heard or seen her husband in three hours. His beef stroganoff is already long since cold, so she went down to see if the apostles had seen him. When she walked in, Peter gave her the chance to be honest. "'Well, hello, sister Sapphira. Heard you sold some land. Did you sell it for so much?' And everyone around knows what just happened. They know why. And they're probably pulling for her silently. Tell the truth, Sapphira. One funeral today, that's enough. Tell the truth, Sapphira. Just tell Peter the truth. But she grinned and she nodded and she said, Yes, sir, we did. We sold the land for just that much. We brought all the money to you to bless the church. Hey, when you're engraving that plaque, remember it's Sapphira with two P's. Simon Peter wasn't smiling. He looked her in the eye and said, Why did you agree to test the spirit of the Lord? The feet of those who carried out your husband are standing right here, and they will carry you out too. So that's why hubby didn't come home. And that was the last thought to cross her mind before she crumbled to the floor and died. The men who buried her husband looked at each other and shrugged. They hoisted her up, carried her out, and buried her right next to Ananias. All of a sudden... Everyone in the church and around the church was scared to death to go near the church. But not because of murder or adultery or idolatry. We've already learned about those in the earlier part of the top 10 list. No, this was because of dishonesty. I guess a little dishonesty can hurt somebody. That's why this story is ascribed in Scripture. It lets us know God calls for honesty from us. He's not trying to scare us that he'll strike us down every time we make a misstep or a misspeak, or even every time we outright lie, but he is calling us to honesty. As a disciple of Jesus, we should be honest. If you're selling your car, once the buyer finds out you're a Christian, they should be able to breathe easier because Christians are honest. If those aren't all highway miles, don't say they are. Be honest. When the officer asks you, how fast were you going? Don't tell them, I was going 35 miles an hour about 10 miles back. If you were going 70, just own it. Be honest. Honesty is not easy, but it is right. We could worship for an hour on Sunday, but if we're lying to the world Monday through Saturday, we're not living a life of holiness no matter how much we love to worship. Holiness begins on the inside, and it demands honesty and integrity. And honesty calls for us to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Not to tell something that we know is wrong or to withhold something we know is right. Honesty, holiness, they begin on the inside. The psalmist looked through the clouds and asked the question, Who? Who can climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? And then he answered his own question. Inspired words of Scripture read, Only those Whose hands and hearts are pure, who do not worship idols, and never tell lies. Psalm 24, verses 3 through 4, New Living Translation. One translation reads, No deceit. May that be our testimony as believers, as followers of Jesus, as Christians. May it be said you could run a spiritual MRI and CT scan on us. You could look from top to toe, and you would find no deceit in us. Help us, God, today and every day to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Let's pray. Ask the Lord to help us to be honest, to help us to be holy, to be men and women of integrity, and ask him to help us whenever we are tempted to lie, that we would remember that he calls for honesty from us, and that even if it costs us, It will cost us so much more to lie because we give away integrity and that can't be bought. Lord Jesus, today we call on you and ask you to help us to be an honest people. Help us, Lord, as your followers, as Christians, as believers. Help us to live a life of honesty and integrity. Help us to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. God, whenever we are tempted to lie, help us to remember you do call for honesty from us. I ask you to do this today, Lord, in us, through us, use us, and may we be honest. May there be no deceit in us whatsoever, wheresoever. Pray this today and ask you for your help in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Simplified listeners. Be sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and click on the notify button. That way you'll never miss an episode and then share it with others, and they won't have to miss any. Also, head over to Pentecostalpublishing.com, pick up the devotional that launched this podcast, and pick up 10 Words, which there's so much more content in the book 10 Words than we're hearing. This is just kind of a, a Cliff Notes version of what you can read in 10 Words. You can pick both of those up at Pentecostalpublishing.com, and you can use promo code SIMPLIFY. And if you've already used it before, be honest, it's a one-time use promo code. You could also get these books at Paragraphs Bookstore if you're in the Mount Vernon, Ohio area. There are signed copies there at Paragraphs. Next week, we're just about to leave the mountain and start heading toward the promised land, but next week will be our final commandment, and it is all about coveting, something you don't hear of a lot these days, but it's in the top 10 list, and I wanna share an episode and devotion with you about that next week. Looking forward to it, and always look forward to walking closer with Jesus as we walk through Simplify.